0: Hi, everybody. My name is Natasha and welcome to the Modern African Mama podcast, a podcast where I talk about how my experience growing up and being parented in a traditional African manner has impacted my own parenting style. So guys today I'm going to start off by doing an emotional check-in. So an emotional check-in is just going to be me having a chat about how I've been going emotionally and how I've been coping emotionally because I think as parents it's really really important to just check in and make sure you're okay. So I guess um at the moment guys I'm feeling really tired um both my little girls have been a bit sick, a bit fluy. Um, it's winter here in Australia. Thank goodness we're getting towards the end of winter. Mm. I'm also feeling really fatigued because we're in lockdown. So um, we are living in Sydney and we're currently in lockdown due to COVID. And um, guys, I'm just, I'm so exhausted. It's been seven whole weeks. Um, Usually my mum comes and helps us about two days a week, uh, just helps with the kids, gives us some time to go on date night uh, with my husband and things like that. But we haven't seen my mum in seven weeks. I haven't had any help besides from my husband. We haven't had any help for seven weeks and it's just starting to get really, really draining. So, you know, emotionally, um, you know, I'm just trying, I'm just, I guess, how I would describe it is I'm just trying to remain positive and I'm just trying to remain hopeful but I'm not going to lie I feel really really exhausted um you know I've got a seven month year old and then I've got a three year old and you know they obviously demand a lot of your attention so you know for my emotional check-in today I will say that I am feeling exhausted and I'm feeling tired but I'm also feeling hopeful and I'm also feeling positive just because I I have to feel hopeful otherwise if I give up hope that's not going to be good um I guess, you know, in terms of what have I been doing, guys, to try and cope. Um, I think I just try and take a little time. This recording, this podcast has actually been really good for me, Um, really cathartic for me, helps me just talk through stuff and, you know, just have conversations that are always in my head, but just to get them out on the actual podcast and you know at the moment obviously nobody's really listening but it's actually helping me and that's the important part and that's why I started this podcast just to track my journey as a mother and to track my growth as a mother as well and to hopefully inspire other people to really lean into their journey and Be really aware and really present in every moment of motherhood and really then again going back to those uh, traditional ideas about parenting and how do we break through those and how do we move into the modern style of parenting and thrive in that space. So that is really, really, really why I started this podcast. So I'm excited to be back, to be talking to you guys. This is really, you know, helping me and finding the energy to actually record it. I'm happy and um, I'm glad that I, I managed to do that. So um, today we're going to be talking about how parenting is like a roller coaster that you never get off, guys. Parenting is just when you thought you had a handle on it, it throws you another curveball, um, another turn, another twist, and you know, there you go, you're back right where you started, you feel like. So how have I been going? So last week I spoke a lot about struggling with my toddler, um, in terms of discipline and in terms of how I react to her when she's feeling really emotional and she's having a tantrum and she's just not feeling good. And like I said, I was tending to lean back into the traditional style of parenting that I was raised uh, that I was raised on, which was very strict, very rigid, um, very harsh in a way in terms of, you know, losing my temper with her. Um, Just not being patient, just not being present and that was really really affecting both our relationship guys. I could tell you know um, her starting to get fearful of me which is not something I ever want and that made me feel really really guilty and part of why I started this journey of holding myself accountable as a mother. So it's been going really well. And even though we've been under this whole pressure of not really having any support, like I said, my mum would usually come, but she's not here at the moment. Um, my husband um, has really stepped in, really stepped up, guys, and has been so supportive uh, and really, you know, helping me. Uh, so I'm, I'm so grateful. So I think that's really helped uh, just us having that discussion. Like I said, one day I will bring him on. But just us having that discussion about you know the how we divide chores and what he can do to take a bit of pressure off me and how he can help me with the kids so that was one step and that's part of a major part of self-care is being able to have a conversation with your partner about these things and how you can share the pressure and the, the the chores and the jobs that you have to do around the house more equally so we had this conversation and he's really stepped up and he's really been helping me so that's taken off so much pressure, so then I find that because i don 't feel like i 'm under a pressure cooker, I can be more patient with my child like guys I am so proud of myself because um, she 's been having tantrums i I can get on her level, I can talk i can self regulate my own emotions, which is something I really spoke about a lot. Um, last episode. Um, and I, I just, you know, it's great. I feel so good as a parent, and I don't have to feel that guilt because the guilt was eating me alive. Like every time I scream at her, every time I'm impatient with her, every time I lose it, I just knew that that is not what I wanted. You know, for my, I know it's, you know, you can't go through parenting without losing it. These little people can really push us, but I didn't want it to be like a constant. I didn't want it to become the norm that that's how she knew I would respond and I didn't want to incite that fear in her right so you know now I've been able to get down to her level we've been able to talk through it and I've also noticed that the more I've been reacting in a positive way the less the tantrums have been happening and the less emotional she's been she's been getting she's been getting really settled um And basically guys I guess I'll talk you guys through what I've been doing and first I talk a lot about a positive style of parenting and what that looks like exactly. So a positive style of parenting is exactly that like it's really focusing on the positive and so not so much the negatives. Uh, So one thing that you know you can do is instead of looking for the bad instead of always saying oh don't do that or don't do this look for the good for when they do do the good things and praise that right so always be on the lookout for when they're doing really great things praise them for that and then when they're doing um things that are not so good um you know rephrase the way of course if things are like dangerous not safe it's really important instead of just being like Uh, stop it don't do that don't do that that you know that's dangerous Um, which I found myself doing a lot just have you know talk to them about why that is dangerous you know don't do this because you could get hurt and I don't want to see you get hurt and that's why mommy doesn't want you to to do that because it's not safe explain what safety is right because sometimes I think you know we feel like our children especially when they're really young they can't comprehend a lot but they comprehend as much as you you give them and as much as you tell them that that they they can actually comprehend a lot more than we think and when you normalize having normal conversation with them talking on their level right um, explaining things to them like taking time to explain right sometimes we can be so exhausted that we tend to lean into uh, parenting uh in terms of just being uh, um reactive instead of responsive so we just react we we're we're not actively um we're not actively trying to 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 stop things from escalating we're just reacting because we're not explaining like we just say no you can't do that we're not explaining why we can't do that and I think you know that is a big part of what I really really want to focus on as a parent taking time and being patient enough to explain to her And that's the biggest difference. And I always talk to my mom, obviously, about the way she raised us. And, you know, I adore my mom. We have such a good relationship. We're so close. Um, But we always talk about the way she raised us. And she did her best with what she knew at the time. And I always say, Mom, you know, I actually now that I'm a mother, I don't think that uh, like spanking was necessary because, yes, it can be frustrating. But I feel like when I get down on... On her level with my daughter, and I talk to her and I explain to her, she really understands, and she doesn't do things that aren't safe. She understands why things can't be done. It's only when I'm very short with her and I don't take the time to understand that she gets frustrated and she throws tantrums. But if I explain to her, for example, if she wants um some hot chocolate and she's had two servings already, if I explain to her, give a warning beforehand. You know, you Zira, you're only going to have two servings today you know this is this is the much you're going to have because sugar is not good for for your teeth you know your teeth are going to not be good or they're going to um you know, so just trying in 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 a in a manner that doesn't scare them because I was going to say your teeth are going to rot and fall out and again guys I'm learning that's probably not a positive style of parenting but at the same time that's the truth right like I'm going to be 100% with you guys that's what I told her that your teeth are going to fall out now is this positive style of parenting I don't know you know like again it's never going to be 100% but I think I just really always want to lean into Um, doing the best possible that job that I can and I feel like I'm definitely you know I'm definitely doing my best okay so we've talked a lot like about you know I've given you guys a bit of an update about how I've been going so now we're going to dive into the topic of parenting. is like a roller coaster; it never stops, right? So for any people, for anyone out there, or if you're listening and you're not a parent, you know you. I think this will be a really, really great. If you're preparing to be a parent, this will be a really great conversation for you to listen beforehand. So guys, before I gave birth, I was very naive. I had not really been in contact with many kids. I just loved babies. I loved smelling them. I loved cuddling them. I loved their smiles and I was obsessed, right? I, I would close my eyes before I became pregnant and I would imagine just holding my baby in the sling and it was all going to be natural and so beautiful and then I gave birth. To my first daughter and guys when I tell you the shock was real. So here in Australia, um, when you give birth, I'm not sure if it's the same in other parts of the world. When you give birth from the moment you give birth, you you're with your baby the whole time. So I think in the olden days, they will take the baby to nursery. Uh, but these days you stay with the baby the whole time and for my first baby I gave birth in the public system so your husband can't actually stay with you Um, so at night he leaves so here I am I just gone through uh, labor for many hours I'd given birth Uh, I was in shock because guys if you've never given birth it's a very shocking experience and um, I'll also share my um, my birth story for my first daughter a little bit later on in this uh, in this season Um, but it wasn't great Uh, so I was still in shock from that and from everything that had happened and then you know I've got this baby now you know you just go from a life of uh, freedom to now being chained like this human this tiny precious human is is reliant on you twenty four seven. And I was now looking back, I was young, guys, when I gave birth I was twenty six. So I had gone into this world where everything was about me. Like my husband, his whole world was about me and I and and my whole world was about him and it was just the two of us. And and now we had this little little baby that needed everything 24 hours a day right and i was in hospital and that first night was rough because when babies are first born as you can imagine it's a shock they're in the world they've been in this comfy womb now they're suddenly exposed so um they don't tend to sleep that much for the first six six weeks at least uh so it was i was up every hour and I was so, my body was so shocked because I, I loved my sleep before I had kids, guys. Loved my sleep. You cannot imagine, like, I was someone that would go to sleep at eight and wake up at like seven the next morning. So imagine now having to wake up every hour. I really, really, really struggled. And I remember thinking uh, in those first few few days and weeks, oh, it's going to get better. It's going to get better once she's sleeping. It's going to be great. Um, and guys, why, why I'm talking about parenting is like a roller coaster is that it, it never gets less challenging. So when they hit all these milestones, it becomes difficult in different ways and that's a lesson that I've learned as a parent in that yes in the first six weeks they're not sleeping and your main complaint is sleep deprivation and that goes really for like you know maybe a year and a half for the first year and a half the sleep is not great I mean it gets better after the six weeks ideally and that's if you don't have a baby that has reflux or has other issues that prevents them from sleeping well I was lucky enough that my girls were, 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 I would say they were average because they wake up, they would wake up every three hours, which is the average. But for me, that was too much because I was a first time mom and I was like three hours of sleep, like broken sleep. it was It was so tough. Uh, So then when we got to the six weeks mark and we got to the three month mark and it just didn't, it didn't feel like it was getting any better. So she was sleeping, but it was just becoming difficult in different ways. There were just challenges that were coming up up that we're different because then when she starts to move then it's about safety when she starts solids then it's about what do I feed her right and so when you feel like you've gone over one bump another bigger bump comes that that's what parenting is right and again talking about culture because this podcast again is really grounded in our traditions and our cultures and what we grew up with and how that really influences our our parenting style. So for our culturally when you give birth um, and I think this is a really good point because I, I feel like sometimes maybe you know I don't want to just lean into the negative parts of my culture. I really want to lean into the positive parts of my culture and when we give birth your mom comes and stays with you. So I'm married to my husband who's Nigerian and I'm Zimbabwean so in the Zimbabwean culture you would go and stay with your mom for for a few for like a few weeks you know with the baby and then in Nigerian culture your mom so my mom would come and stay with us for three months so we decided to do it the Nigerian way and my mom came and stayed with us or she was supposed to come stay with us but my sister actually gave birth around the same time so it was like mayhem and hectic for her so she did her best but she would come a lot she would cook for me you know she would watch the baby so I could get a few hours of sleep. So it was really that village and having someone that could, you know, really, really help me. I didn't feel so alone uh, and really guide me. And, you know, that's so different to how in the Western world or how in Australia, traditionally the culture is, it's traditionally you just get discharged from hospital and you're on your own. You and your husband are uh, on your own. There's no help. And on a side note, I feel really, really sad for people giving birth at the moment during lockdown because the use zero, like your parents can't come, like you, nobody can help you, right? It's really, really tough at the moment, guys. Um, but I guess going back to the culture, usually, you know, your mom would come stay with you for three months and help you. Take care of you with your recovery because postpartum recovery is not something that we tend to talk about a lot, uh, but I think it should be talked about. Again, uh, that's going to be something we're going to cover in another podcast um but you know so that's part of our tradition is your mom is there to take care of you and that part i am so grateful for but i wish there was also part of their tradition that really prepared you for the reality of childbirth because i had no idea guys like i said i was so naive nobody ever talked to me about how tough it is to be a mother about how strong and resilient you have to be you know, just how prepared mentally you have to be. I think, I think, guys, um, you know, I remember having lots of conversation with my mom about me having kids and her being a grandma. And it was all very lovely. And again, I had just this ideal, ideal image in my mind that, you know, just did not mirror up so for me, I wouldn't say, I guess, in my journey and, you know, me talking about being a roller coaster and parenting being a roller coaster, I didn't experience postpartum depression, but I got to about my daughter being about a year and a half and I started experiencing anxiety now so because I think it was over that year it's not considered it's not considered postpartum anxiety but I just started experiencing really bad anxiety guys like I would wake up and my heart would be racing and I'll be shaking and I just had to put one foot in front of the other and keep going but it was really tough and I think it's because everything was finally catching up with me when I gave birth and I was looking after my daughter, and I was adjusting to motherhood, I didn't have time to think, but then you know when she hits one and a half, you get a bit of space, and it was like the enormity of the of the role that I'd taken on, right I feel like there is nothing that prepared me for that, and that's something you know I always take notes because um, I don't like to be the victim or or take the the whole you know, say, oh, this was never done to me. But I I, I do want to be more informed in terms of how I'm going to support my my kids when they're in the same position, right? So I always take note of that. And I always think I'm going to have conversations with my daughters about what parenting is and about what the reality of parenting is. And I always think, of course, I want to balance it because I don't want to scare them. And that's part of what my mom said. She said, oh, you know, if I hadn't told you, if I hadn't told you, or if I had, sorry, if I had told you what parenting was really like, and then what, you know. And I guess it, it's true, like, I think I still would have definitely had kids because I, I, I really felt like motherhood was something that was meant for me personally and that would bring me such fulfillment. But I think maybe the mental, the mental uh headspace would have been different because I would have been a little bit prepared for it uh and uh, and I say this and, and and people say well does is mental preparedness going to make a different difference absolutely because I'm now a mother a uh, second time and it was such a different journey, such a different experience because again that roller coaster to me was now normal. I knew that there were going to be ups and downs. I didn't think that at every leap that the rainbow was going to be there and that this was going to be the final time and that my child's not going to wake up anymore because they slept for two months. They slept uh, through the night or you know that um they're not going to get sick anymore because they've gotten sick this time you know I knew the challenges ahead of me and even given birth and those first few six weeks we're, were fine because mentally I knew I knew the challenges and I knew the realities and I prepared myself and I was in such a better space and I'm so glad that I got to do it and I'm so honored and really aware the privilege and the position that I'm in to have gotten to do it not once but twice because I feel like the second the first time was a shock but the second time really helped to heal a lot of that shock and that anxiety that I had with my first because I was so confident I am so confident she's only seven months I'm so confident in my parenting now and I'm so comfortable in my parenting now that I truly believe that she's going to get the best of me and I'm secure in that and I don't always feel like my first daughter got the best of me and I think that's sort of guys in a way the curse of being the oldest In that your parents are still learning, you know, it's like they've still got their their training wheels. It's sort of like um, when you get your first car and you're probably going to bump it around a little bit more, more than you, you bump like your second car when you're now like a seasoned driver. That's what it felt like for me. Um, in that with my second I was just so prepared and I mentally I knew what was coming you know I was I, I, I was reasonably nervous and, and and then I had this added layoff I already had one child but it, it I loved parenting the second time I loved it the first time but I really 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 love it the second time because I'm I've had the best time, the best experience. Um, Still the same, you know, she's still a baby, she still has her ups and downs, she still has her teething, she still has her restlessness, but it's mentally for me, I'm in that place where I'm like, oh, this is normal. Whereas with my first, I was always Googling everything Everything, everything. I, uh, you know, I, I bumped her head accidentally on the car, and I wouldn't be able to sleep because I'll be like, oh my goodness, what if she gets a brain bleed? What if this, you know, like I, it was just like um, everything just kept snowballing in my mind, so I couldn't really enjoy it. Um, so that's why, you know, experience, and that's why I want to share my my um, experience because. I hope that someone can also hear this. Someone that's preparing to be a parent for the first time or someone that's already uh, a parent but is a parent for the first time and struggling and thinking, am I doing enough? What have I done? I've given up my freedom. I think there's grief. There was definitely for me... Grief, and I think this is something that's not talked about because I think a lot of shame is is put on it. The grieving for your loss of your freedom, and it sounds selfish. That's what people feel like, but it's not selfish because you have lost. You've gained so much in this little baby and this little precious package, but you've also lost quite a bit in freedom, right? Because like your life is no longer your own anymore. No matter how we try to spin it, it's just not. You know, everything revolves around your child. You could be out to date night with your husband and you're still talking about your child you don't even realize you're doing it it's really hard to break away from you know because as 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 many highs as there's highs and as many lows as there's lows it's just always revolving around your child because you want the best for your child so you have lost that you would never go to bed again and and not worry and not think right because you've got kids like I wake up at night like whenever I go to the toilet I make sure I check on them even though they're now sleeping through the night um, the seven-month-old has been waking up a little bit but I I still check on them are they breathing is it is there going to be sudden infant death syndrome so much to think about as a parent and it never ends because the older they get when they get into teenagers when they get their driver's license you know so the moment you give birth you have Forfeited your freedom, freedom of peace of mind, freedom of choice, um, freedom of ability to move and do things for a little while. Right, but you've also gained a lot, Uh, and that's why you always have to balance it in your mind so that you can survive it's like okay I've gained so much there's these smiles there's um you know seeing the world through their eyes and seeing them discover things simple things it really brings you back to earth it brings you back to appreciating and enjoying the simple things when you take them to the zoo and they see animals for the first time when you take them to the beach and their little feet hit the sand for the first time and they see the waves for the first time so many joyful moments right so we we have to we have to really look at it as a whole picture and as a holistic picture and that's how you survive I feel in that yes I, I feel like we need to really acknowledge the t- like how tough it is to be a parent right especially when we try to do it in the modern way where everything is so responsive it's so positive it is a lot of energy that you have to put you have to bring your whole self And extra, if you have extra, you have to bring that too, because it is difficult. But then when you do all that, you get the reward of watching your child flourish, of watching them discover, of watching them learn things that they didn't know how to do. They start to learn. And guys, I will say this. It is really important. Like when I talk about um, child development, and um, I'm going to lean back. little bit i'm going to lean in a little bit into my social work skills and some of the theory that i've i've actually read through and studied Um, and i'm going to talk a little bit about attachment styles so guys there's two main types of attachment styles when you have a baby there's a secure attachment style and there's an insecure attachment style so the secure attachment style is when a child feels safe when a child feels loved and when, when a child feels like you will always respond to them. So how do you form a secure attachment? So you form a secure attachment simply by being there, by meeting their needs. So if they're crying, comforting them, if they're hungry, feeding them, if they need a change, changing them, um, giving them love, giving them smiles, you know, just Um, nurturing them basically and they will naturally form that secure attachment with you with you as a caregiver so you could be the parent or you could be someone else that gives it to them and and they'll form that attachment to you an insecure attachment usually comes when there's neglect so the parent is not present mentally they could even be there physically and they'll be they'll be doing those same things, feeding and changing, but they're not there mentally. They're not engaging in the, with the baby. They're not looking at the, in the baby's eyes. They're not smiling. They're not giving kisses. They're not engaging in baby talk. And even though they're providing all these other supports in terms of physical need, and they're meeting physical need, because they're not meeting that mental need, they again that attachment style for the baby is going to be insecure. Right so when we go we talk about things like postnatal depression postnatal anxiety through no fault of their own mothers can sometimes find that their babies are forming an insecure attachment to them and that's why it's important to 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 understand the signs of postnatal depression and postnatal anxiety and to get help as soon as you can there is no shame in getting help because when you get help you you lessen that time frame when this insecure attachment is happening so the the importance in uh babies and kids forming a secure attachment to the caregiver or to you as the parent is that their brains will start to develop and their pathways in the brains will start to develop in a very secure way, in a very emotionally stable way, in a way that teaches them to regulate their own emotions, right? Because they're modeling after you, in a way that teaches them that the world is a safe place. But when they face the other one, the insecure attachment, their brains actually developed quite differently. And when there's extreme trauma, parts of the other pathways never actually developed the way they should have developed. And that's when you you have a lot of problems down the line. Um, things like speech, um, things like toileting, uh, different things that milestones that they're supposed to meet, they'll start to be behind because their brains simply have not been given a chance to thrive. Like you have not watered the plant as such. Because when when you give them love, when you when you're responsive, when you're there, you're actually helping those brain pathways to develop and to connect in the way that they're supposed to. So that is really why it's important. That's why I always strive to ensure that my children have that secure attachment style to me. And again, that's where I go back to, why do I wanna practice this positive style of parenting, this responsive style of parenting? Is because I really want that attachment to be secure because as they get older, as they get into the teen years, they need to feel safe when the world starts to become very real and and they've got these pressures from the world they need to feel like they can always come to me they can always come to their dad and it will be a safe space for them and if they've already developed that really secure attachment to you as a baby then that's going to be a really natural process for it and you know you're going to hopefully avoid a lot of things and and there's some things as a parent that you can't control Things like your kids um, struggling with mental health, especially when they become teenagers or even these days it's happening earlier and earlier, eight, nine, you know, they've got anxiety, they've got depression, we're seeing more and more kids struggling with that but sometimes you cannot stop that as a parent but what you want is them to be able to come to you and not feel like mom's not gonna understand or dad's not gonna understand, but them to be able to come to you and know that you understand and you're going to meet them where you are and you're going to help them and give them the help that they need. So this is why, again, like I said, guys, I'm really passionate about that. And that's why I keep saying parenting is a roller coaster. So at the moment, I talk a lot about having a toddler and having a seven month year old and how I'm navigating that. But I'm always also thinking into the future when they are teenagers, there's going to be other obstacles. So yes, they'll be uh, feeding themselves. Yes, they'll be uh, having showers by themselves, dressing themselves. But then emotionally, mentally, they're going to require much more of me. They're going to require my presence much more. They're going to require me to be really, really observant so that I'm not missing anything. Nothing is going under the radar. So again, it's a roller coaster that we'll be going through. So like i said you know parenting is a real roller coaster guys and i'm so grateful to be on this journey um you know because i know that it's such a privilege to be a parent it really is to be given this gift but let's not You know, that does not take away from how tough it can be. And, you know, I really want to build a community where we can acknowledge how tough it it can be. And then we can also talk about how do we take care of ourselves while we're taking care of our kids. You know, I always go on um, when I'm scrolling through my Facebook. One thing that distresses me is whenever a parenting post is put up or even in parenting groups or outside of parenting groups, you know, let's say I guess talking about, for example, formula. Um, I think in Australia, there's this really popular formula that um was really scarce before. And news media would report that, you know, people were hoarding it. And then when you would go to read the comments, there'll be so many horrible things like, why would you feel your, your child... Uh, formula you should be feeding your child so much so much judgment it should be breast breast is best but you cannot always breastfeed you know it is not always possible for many 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 reasons um and 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 there's like it's it's like um you know in the comments will be like oh in my days you know i i did it all by myself i didn't have help but just because you did it by yourself just because you got through it by yourself doesn't mean that it was okay wouldn't have been great if you had had any other choice I'm sure that same person that's writing that is someone that would have gladly taken the help and the support had it been given and I think what often happens with all these comments on Facebook is people get really triggered And instead of recognising that what they're feeling actually has to do with them, you know, they then lash out and and, and, um, attack someone that might be asking an innocent question. And that creates a place where it's most mothers group feel really unsafe. Like I am scared to ask questions in my mother's group and I'm very silent and very quiet because it never feels safe. It never does because people will jump on everything the way your car seat is, um, the type of food you're giving to your child all these things that would jump on it and I think it's because most of the time 99% as parents we feel guilty so sometimes we look to outside sources to relieve that guilt and whether it's saying oh at least I'm doing for my I'm doing better for my kids than what this person's doing but we really need to focus on uplifting each other we really need to focus on healing ourselves as parents and our own traumas as parents parents so that we can do better for our kids so guys i hope you've enjoyed this episode where we spoke about a little bit about how you know parenting is a roller coaster it's never going to stop you know so hold on tight you know and and do what you can to survive So as I finish up, I guess I did an emotional check-in at the beginning. As I finish up, I'm going to do a self-care task, you know, and and if you're at home as well, listening or you're in your car, wherever you are, I want you to think about what's one thing this week that you can do to look after yourself as as, as a mother or if you're a father, as a father. What what can you do? I guess for me, um, I like, I love having showers and I feel like healing has such... So I feel like water has such healing properties. Um, so I I I'd like to to just um, to just either have a bath or have a shower and just relax. Um, and also, you know, throughout the day, I just like to do things. Whether it's just taking five minutes to myself, just. Have silence, whether it's just in the bathroom, just somewhere where I can just have a bit of peace and quiet, you know, and I think it's really important to do that and take a bit of time for yourself. It doesn't have to be big chunks of time, um, but just little chunks of time. So think about what can you do to look after yourself for this week okay guys thank you so much for listening um if you liked this podcast please share it Um, and also if you could rate and review us on all the podcast platforms that would be great thank you I'll see you next time bye guys